Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the podcast where we take a certain genre, actor, or director and talk about their best movie, their worst movie, and those movies that bring tears of joy and tears of anger, sometimes simultaneously. (laughs) My name is Micah. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles, and I don't know what I'm picturing. Like warm Texas rain. (laughs) (laughs) And today is, yeah, I like sometimes when I just steamroll whatever you're well, The other thing I was going to say, maybe the Blade Runner, like the end of Blade Runner when he's like, it's the memories of like tears in the rain or whatever. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about Kelly's picks. Yes, yes. And, and I got to ask right off the bat. Were any tears shed by either of you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not? Okay. Charles? Yes. Yes! But not of sadness, just (laughs) anger. (laughs) I'll accept that. Okay, well... um... Because one of these movies in particular I hated. Like, (laughs) I was so angry that you made me watch this movie. (laughs) Well, just consider it revenge for making me watch Pee Wee Herman. Or Pee... No. Yeah, no, is that... Pee-wee? Oh, Who come says on. that? <laughs> Pee-wee was great. And yeah, I agree with Charles. There's going to be one movie that I'm really looking forward to rip into. But, <laughs> but go ahead and uh, let our audience know what movies we're talking about. I'm curious, if, is, do I want it to be the same movie we rip into, or do I want it to be two different movies? Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious as well. Wouldn't it be interesting if it were three different movies? Are you going to rip into one? I mean, I think one of them is bad, obviously. But okay, so the movies that we are going to be talking about today are Stella Dallas, Love Affair, and Love Story. So Let's do them chronologically. Okay. All right, so starting off with Stella Dallas, um, I will read you... This is from 1937. Yes, 1937. So here's IMDb's synopsis of Stella Dallas. A low-class woman is willing to do whatever it takes to give her daughter a socially promising future. Um, I guess that's a pretty good summary. Basically, Barbara Stanwyck, love of my life. Be Stan. Yeah, yeah be Stan. Any, any Wickheads, any Stan fans still, well, still out there listening? And before you go on, is this your good, bad, or ugly? Oh, okay. I don't know. What, what do you think it is? I think it's your good. Okay. Charles? Is it also your? Would it be your good out of these lists, Micah? Yeah, it would be my good. I was actually hoping it was your bad. Oh well, it's neither. It's my ugly. Okay. Oh wow! House divided. <laughs> I know. Yes. So here's why it's my ugly. I have mad love for the stand, but there and and I do think in many ways it is a really good movie and if you if you look at like it, IMDb lists or just internet lists of best tearjerkers this consistently ranks up there pretty high and it in fact it has a seven and a half stars out of ten on IMDb um well they're wrong <laughs> I hated this movie you hated this it? is the one I want to rip into wait okay well all right let me just finish telling you why I think it's ugly and then I want to hear why you hate it so much um so it's my ugly because Again, as always, I think Barbara Stanwyck is great in it. Um, the premise is that she is 
as I said, kind of a, a lower class woman and she's a little bit um, like vulgar and kind of just just socially gauche and she um, she kind of sets her sights on this high society man, Stephen Dallas, and uh, she decides that she wants to have all the finer things in life and she wants to, a way to escape out of her um, poverty and so she ends up ensnaring him and then they have a daughter together and the daughter is... Uh, you know, she and her husband are kind of estranged, but, and the daughter lives with her, and they have this amazing mother-daughter relationship, and the daughter is played, um, as only Anne Shirley could play, a delightful, sweet-hearted, you know, just, just excellent daughter figure, um, but then Stella realizes as Laurel grows older that, um, she, Laurel is, if if she stays with Stella, she's never gonna have all of the socially, uh, you know, she's never going to have all the high society things that Stella wants for herself and wants for her daughter to have. And so um, she's kind of struggling with that fact throughout the movie and trying to figure out ways to keep her daughter, who's like the most important thing in the world to her, and ex- at the same time, give her the life that she wants her to have. So, um, but oh my gosh, the main thing that is ugly to me about this movie is the character of Ed Munn. Uncle Ed? Yes. Okay, yeah, he, I, I agree with you here. He is hard. I mean, every every scene with him in it is just hard to watch. But I that's I agree with you, but I also feel like that's how I feel about Stella, too. I can't stand her character. Like, at any moment. Like, in the beginning when she's waiting for the guy to come, it's annoying. Her brother's annoying in that scene, the opening scene. <laughs> she's just an annoying character. Manipulative. And I don't even think it's played well. I'm, I'm, I just don't like the performance. I don't like the way the character is written. I don't... I, yeah, I know at the end she's crying tears and she finally sees her daughter in the society. That's her... That's the turning point. But prior to that, she was just this selfish woman that was annoying. You know, when her husband was going to take the kid away, she's like, nobody's going to take you away. Nobody's going to take you. It's like... It's so... It's just bad. I, I just can't stand her character. <laughs> Well, her character, her personality, I agree, is is really annoying. But I, I think I don't think she was selfish. I, mean, I think she was the opposite of selfish. I mean, she she ultimately, you know, Laurel was like the star of her heart, but she sent her away to live with with the dad and the new wife, who is like this classy broad who she knew she could never be like, and they could give Laurel all these opportunities that Stella could never give them herself and so but, i think but, but she, saying is she redeemed herself but before the kid was even born no she did everything for laurel she wanted her to have i mean before she, she was even born though she was at the dance and she was wanting to dance with all different men well, even though her husband was really upset by that yeah she, i mean she was not classy she kept telling him like you know that she was basically she told him she was going to use him that she he she had changed around him and she wanted to keep changing and you know it, it, i don't know it's just like her character just on every level like she wasn't it it maybe when she had the kid and decided she was going to do good things for the kid but even then i don't think she was very good around the kid the dad seemed like the you know for a 1930s movie the the male character i think was one of the most interesting ones he was not like what i would consider like a stereotypical father in this time period you know i think it was kind of way ahead of its time he was a lot more involved he wanted to be with his daughter a lot more than that you're right than a 1930s dad probably did and I know it was set in 1919 or whatever at the very beginning. I mean, look at Stella's dad. He almost kicked her out of the house because she wasn't home. You know, how dare her not be home? And Well, you know. I think the implication there was that she had stayed out all night right. with this, well, this I know. guy. No, no, no. I know that. And I get that. But I'm saying, like, 
Okay, that's the, that's what I picture like a stereotypical dad being that absurd, right. kicking his kids out. And then here's here's Stephen Dallas, and he seems like a good man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's really patient with Stella despite her using him and using his status to go out and basically have fun with other men. It's still at the same time. It's like, okay, she redeemed herself. But even the scenes with her daughter before that, it didn't seem like she, I don't know, she just seemed like she was more all about having fun in her own ways and... And when her daughter was a baby and Ed comes over and they're they're drinking and, and smoking around the baby. <laughs> and then and then, you know, like later on when she's making her dress and she yells at her for finding it, she just didn't she just seemed like a terrible mother and a terrible wife and a horrible daughter and a bad character. <laughs> well, she you know, and, and some of that some of those things play into why it's ugly to me instead of good. You know, it's it, it's hard to watch at times. It's. You know, like maybe she shouldn't have. She she seemed like a different character almost at, at two at several different times because she could compose herself and be this this demure, polished, polite like woman. Like when she's but then seducing she... Stephen at the beginning, and it's like, and that's another thing I hated too. She shows up at his work, and then she's got lunch for her brother. But all of a sudden, the boss and Stephen are like eating the lunch. They're like, <laughs> oh, let's see what you got. Let's see what you brought him. They just kind of start eating his food. Like, <laughs> yeah. really bothered me. So. Charles does not like it. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly is, yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. And I'm I'm not saying I love it. I'm just saying it's the lesser of three evils. <laughs> so. The lesser of three evils. It's. <laughs> the, uh, so moving to 1939. Mm-hmm. Love Affair. Tell us about it, Kelly. Is it the best year in cinema? Is that what you said it was? I did, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, callback yeah should yeah. kelly call her the best year in cinema i did and fittingly enough uh this is my good pick um and <laughs> is this the one you hated no 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 this is my i would have guessed ugly for you but... really why i, I would have guessed ugly as well really seriously yeah and i've got i've got some good reasons but oh, right. uh give us a synopsis and then tell us why it's good Okay, so this, I think most people know the premise of this movie, even if you haven't seen the movie. It's the the ultimate meet me at the top of the Empire State Building. This is where it all began. Um, so in the movie, Michelle Marnay, who's played by Charles Boyer, and um, Irene Dunn, who plays Terry McKay, uh, they're two young people and they meet on this ocean liner going where to South America or somewhere uh, overseas. And they they meet, they kind of form this friendship and they fall in love but they are both engaged to other people and so at the end of the the cruise um after they've spent all this time together and they're michelle is kind of a he's this french playboy and he's rich and has never worked for anything so he says that he needs to take six months and work you get a real job and prove to himself that he can be worthy of her and he asks uh, you know, if he's able to do this and she still feels the same way about him in six months, they arrange to leave their significant others if they, if they still feel the same and meet at the top of the empire state building. Um, and so that happens, but bum, 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 tragedy strikes and I shall not say what happens, but, uh, they're it unable to off me- camera though. It's, it's, it reminded me of that other scene. What, uh, what's the movie with the, 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 the doctor one? That where the, uh, the lady got hit off. Jones. 
No, 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 the one we reviewed that we all, we're talking about baby oil in the operating room. Oh, Magnificent Obsession. Yeah, magnificent Obsession. So, like, the lady, remember she gets kind of gets, like, hit off screen. Oh, yeah. I still think Patch Adams should have been on the list, but uh, anyway, yeah. I just, it just reminded me of that scene. Yeah. But she doesn't get blinded. No. No, but she... she because of Magnificent Obsession, you get hit by a car, you get blinded. That's right. This woman gets paralyzed. Yes. So she's unable to meet him at the top, and he thinks that she just doesn't love him anymore. And, you know, they they meet again, and she doesn't want to tell him that she has been paralyzed because I don't even know why. It doesn't really make much sense. But uh, she's too proud, and, you know, and anyway, so that's that's essentially that's essentially what happens. They they're they decide to be together, but then they're kept apart, and um, they fate tries to bring them back together again. I liked Irene Dunn in it. Mm-hmm. I think she was. I think she did really good. Um, I thought the story was pretty solid. I mean, it, it's it's a testament if you have not one, not two, but three movies that really kind of base the premise off of it. And what I'm talking about is 1959, An Affair to Remember, uh, 1994, Love Affair, which is another remake, and I'm even counting Sleepless in Seattle. Yep do the same I mean it's not the same premise but they lean a lot on that story mm-hmm. so I mean you got that but um, here's my problems and I don't feel like this is nitpicking I feel like these are story problems where did they get the money I mean yeah I know they work for six months they say you know what we're gonna go out our own way so we're gonna go to Manhattan and she's gonna she became a, a singer a lounge singer and he became a painter and in within one month they both have Nice penthouses, and they are at the top of the social ladder <laughs> in friggin' Manhattan. What was a different economy, Micah? <laughs> I mean, but still, this is, you know, they're not in, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're in Manhattan. <laughs> Burn Tulsa. That's why? Why Tulsa? <laughs> so, here's the other thing I got a problem with. And this is, this might be a 1930s thing, but it's almost like they went... <laughs> Singing? You like singing? Well, here's some more singing. <laughs> Especially the, that whole club scene where, you know, yeah, the grandmother, we got singing there. She starts singing. The whole club <laughs> scene. He goes, you know, well, we'll see if the crowd likes you. She goes out. She sings a little bit. She comes back. And he goes, the crowd does like you. All right. Well, I'll sing for another three minutes. Yeah. And so you sit there while they're singing and singing and singing. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we got it. You can sing. And then uh, the last thing, and this is another very 30s thing. How how comfortable are kids in the 30s just to run up to strangers? And, and the uh, uh, Charles uh, Boyer, mm-hmm. what's his character's name? Michelle? Michelle. Mm-hmm. How many kids does he grab and just like picks them up and, <laughs> you know, bounces them on his knee? Like, yeah. Oh, look at you, little rascal. And then they, no, no parents are around to be concerned. Who who are you? Just picking up my kid. Yeah. Am okay. I right? Yeah, yes, you are. You're, you're not are. wrong. You're <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, okay. 1930s, whatever. (laughs) Go ahead, just hug my child, whatever. Can I also say that I I borrowed Kelly's DVD for this one. That is the worst transfer of a movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, I felt like I was watching some bootleg thing. Because, like, the roll was kind of screws up in certain scenes where the character just kind of rolls off screen and back on. And, um... It, It is, I've seen message boards online. Apparently that is... That's it. There's not a better one. At least not that I've seen. So that is weird because it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why there's not a better 
DVD transfer. But it, and it's funny too because I have had that DVD for a while, and I remember watching it a few years ago on on one particular TV in my house. And I had the same problems. I had to turn the volume like all the way up to even be able to hear them. And they were essentially whispering. But then when I rewatched it for this podcast, I watched it on a different TV and I didn't have any problems at all. I don't know if it's if it just depends on how vo- high the volume can go or. Well, I, I, yeah, I meant I the image itself would like roll off the screen. It was like yeah, that. Well, but, and that then does it's happen. like yeah, it's it, it's really a bad transfer. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's, that is true. But I just, I really, I like the story. It's my good pick because, and really I was comparing it to An Affair to Remember. Yeah, I'm surprised um, you didn't pick that one. Well. Do you like that one almost as much? Not, no, no. I, I really don't. Um, and, and that. I was going to say, what's the major differences between the two? So. Because they're only 20 years apart, which really isn't that right. much. They're, the, Cary Grant. Yeah, the major, I mean, the, the stories, they don't. It's not like an affair to remember took any liberties and changed some things. I mean, the story's basically the same, but I just felt like I just wasn't as invested in the relationship of Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. They just didn't, it didn't, and I love Cary Grant too. I mean, I, I'm sure anybody out there listening who knows me is shocked that I'm even saying this, but I just didn't. I didn't think it was a great role for either of them, but and I believed it so much more in Love Affair. Charles Boyer, they just seemed to really. I mean, who doesn't love Irene Dunn? She's just, she's like, she's such a great 1930s heroine because she's sassy and intelligent, but she's also very sweet and demure. And, you know, you, I, I, I can totally understand your thing about the singing, Micah, but I actually didn't mind it as much in this. Oh, the, I will say, though, that there's not as much singing in the Cary Grant version. So you might like that one Who's more. Who's in Love Affair in the 90s? Which one is that? I uh, actually didn't even know ben- about that. Annette Benning and Warren Beatty. Hmm. I have not seen that one. Also, here's another 30s thing. You know, the, uh, <laughs> she just meets him and then, you know, he just walks into her room. You know, strange man, just walk into my room. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Grab a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. The guy Hitler doesn't smoke. Yeah. It's, I, I concede. I concede that those are all weird little points, but I just, I really liked the scene where she, where uh, Michelle takes her home to to meet the grandmother. I thought that felt really genuine. Um, just that their whole interaction and when she was, the you know, the grand... Singing. <laughs> when she was singing and the grandma was playing the piano and kind of, they were like, make, she, you, you could just tell she was trying to play matchmaker. And they did the same thing in An Affair to Remember, but it just... Cary Grant was all like, hello, Janu, like... Bang, 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 bang. And it just didn't seem... It just did... I was like, I don't... Why do we care about this? I, I don't... The scene in the chapel, I thought the cinematography of that was really great for 1930. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really stood out compared to the rest of the film. Just the uh, the way it was shot. I thought that was a really nice scene. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on? Sure. Jumping ahead, 30 years. <laughs> yes. So that Good just, old 1970s. Good old 1970. That just leaves us with love story. And it is my bad one. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> this is my favorite out of these three. Are you kidding me, Charles? Are you, are you freaking kidding me, Charles? <laughs> I'm not. Come on. Wow. Come on. Oh, this movie. I really don't like this movie. And All right, synopsis. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So. Can you r- synopsis real quick? 
Go for it, Micah. Take it away. Guy meets girl, girl dies. There you go. <laughs> Spoilers. No, go ahead. Give the synopsis, Kelly. Don't, don't be like that. So I'm our, sure it has its fans out there. It, it has a lot of fans. People love this movie. I liked it a lot as well. I See, there you go. One sitting right in this room. Um, it, so the, the basic plot is that Ryan O'Neill's character, Oliver Barrett, is a Harvard law student. And he meets... Um, What's her name? Allie, Allie McGraw. Allie McGraw. Um, and, and she's a, a, a Radcliffe College music student. And they fall in love, I guess, kind of. I, their relationship is so weird, but they fall in love, according to the back of the DVD, quote, at first sight. And, and also the title, Love Story. Yes. So they they it is just a story about their lives. It's, it's, it's pretty boring, really. They... They get married really young after college, and he has some problems with his dad, um, who just, that's a whole thing. And his dad doesn't think that the girl is good enough for his son, and so he essentially disowns him and cuts him off, and they they <clears throat> kind of have to scrap for a while with money, and then uh, they get this big windfall, and then things are finally going great, but then, bum bum bum, she's diagnosed with a surprise terminal illness, and so they have to figure out a way to put back the pieces of their life. You poor, poor, cynical woman. This is so... <laughs> okay. oh, all right. Come on. All right. Well, let's let's look at the brighter side of things. Where's the silver lining in this, Charles? Go ahead. Well, it's not silver lining. I actually... Okay, here's the reason I liked it, for real. The, the, well, first of all, let me give my two things I did not like about it. Okay. One, I didn't think it needed the whole opening scene with him narrating. <laughs> Why is that funny? I thought that was a little over the top. Like, I was like... <laughs> Okay, yeah. you don't need that part because you're just going to go to the end. Yeah. And two, I didn't like how the, the illness was never really explained. Yeah. And he never really questioned it. It's like he the doctor, you're still <laughs> laughing. The doctor told him, um, you know, she's going to die and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't say, well, what does she have? What can we do? It's just like that. And they never really show her declining in health. Like, they mm-hmm. just, it's just like, like within 20 minutes, one movie is like 20 minutes to spare. She's given her disease and dies. Yeah, exactly. So, those are the only things I didn't like about it. So, th- th- my history with this movie is all I, 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 this was my first time to see it. All I know of it is my parents loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember my mom going, Oh, love story. Oh, lo- love story is such a big thing. We love, and, you know, people also talking about, Oh, it's just the, you know, the greatest romance of all time. And so I had high expectations for it. And I don't know, at least a quarter into it, I was going, is this some kind of joke? I know. Is everybody just trying to pull the wool over? This is not a good movie. I well, know. here, I'll give my why I like it now. Um, <laughs> so, if you cut out the opening part, like I said, and you just started with where they meet, I like how it just throws you into their relationship. They meet at the, at the you know, where she's working. I like that opening bit. I like that a lot. There's their kind of saucy banter back and forth. And I like how it, it feels like a real relation to me. It just progresses and then... I, you know, I love the driving scenes. I love it when he takes her to his house and, like, they're kind of... She's amazed at how big the mansion is. She knew it was going to be big, but I like that little moment. I I love her dad. I think her dad is is one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, her dad's Um, cool. In fact, the guy was nominated for Academy Award for this. For real. For wow. supporting actor. Oh, wow. Um, and the reason is, like, you know, they, he's Catholic and they tell him, well, we're not... It's not going to be a Catholic wedding. And he's like, oh, well, you know, God will love you no matter what, what church you get married in. And she's like... There's not going to be God. And he's like, oh. 
And it, it is to deal with like two atheist characters in the 70s in a love story. Mm-hmm. I that it felt kind of modern to me. Like I, I would not expect to see that in a classic love story movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I like the way her dad handled it. I, I just I like these characters. I like how you know he was trying to fight his dad on everything. He's a hockey player, and and she comes to support him. I, I really do like these characters. See, I I feel the opposite. I hate to say, but I do not like these characters. The girl is so annoying to me. She has such she's so obnoxious and Allie McGraw just like the way she delivered all of her lines just seems so wooden. And it just was, you know, like even the and and I love a good saccharine movie. Don't don't uh, don't get me wrong, but the whole thing about, you know, what do you say about a girl who who loved the Beatles and Mozart and me, dun, 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 you know, and all this I, score. I, I agree and like, get rid of that part, but yeah. And uh, okay, the central thing about why I hate this movie the most is the thing that everybody remembers about it, and that is love means never having to say you're sorry. Yes, thank you, oh, thank God. you. Oh my goodness. That, that is that line is a huge lie. It is a huge lie. It was I'm number thirteen, s- voted number thirteen in most memorable movie quotes. Uh, I don't get it. It, I, me neither. I'm so glad you. Why think, is it a I, lie? Because, because I say I'm sorry about th- five times a week. Exactly. And Laura says she's sorry. I mean, you say you're sorry. You, exactly. <laughs> Love does not. You. It absolutely. If you love someone, you absolutely should say you're sorry. If but you do something stupid. That's not what stupid, it means. It doesn't mean that. It means. That they're going to forgive you, that it's going to move, you know, you're still together no matter what, even if something, you do something to annoy him or something happens. No, especially where it falls in the movie. In there, the one fight. Oh, I can't believe we fight. Oh, I'm so, I, I'm so sorry. No, you don't ever have to tell me you're sorry because we're never going to fight again. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no. It, but I don't take it as literally never having to say you're sorry. I just take it as they're going to stick together no matter what. Well, maybe, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean literally you never have to say it, but it just, something about it just just the idea that that you don't have to because I already know. Like you should still say it anyway, even if they already know. Sure, but they're still together. Like you don't, you know, they don't have to worry about they're going to break up or get a divorce. Like it's basically the way I take it, right? I mean, I, I can't know. be the I only one that thinks like, that. That is not how I took it, but who knows? I, I think I honestly here's what I think it is. I think the dude uh, uh, the writer was uh, Eric Siegel. I think that he came up with this line and he went, hmm, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to write it in there. What does it mean, Eric? I don't know. It just sounds really good. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How high did you say it was on the list? 13. Out of what? Well, how many quotes is this? Uh, like Probably 100. It's an AFI list. So I would say probably most people disagree with you guys, right? I mean, that's, I'm just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> oh. Yes, sadly, that's I think true. they do. But I mean, it's... It, it makes as much sense for the movie, I feel like, as in Blade when he says some monster truckers trying to always skate uphill. You know, <laughs> it, it it doesn't really fit. It doesn't. It, and, you know. Oh, and then when he thirteenth, Monica. And oh, and when he busts it back out at the end, he's had this horrible relationship with his dad, and finally the dad the, the dad has been this very stony. You know, kind of like, oh, all that matters is law school. And and it's been this obstacle in their relationship. And finally, at the end, you see the dad softening. And he's like, oh, I had no idea she was sick. And I, you know, and you could tell they're just about to have this great moment. And he's about to say he's sorry. And then Ryan O'Neill is like, no, no, 
love means never having to say you're sorry. I'm like, are you kidding me? I think you should I... just use that line all the time. Somebody bumps into him on the sidewalk. <laughs> no, no, no. Love never means. <laughs> I've learned everything about life from my dead wife. So about Ali McGraw's performance, um, for, for a long time, she was just a uh, answer to a crossword puzzle, you know, for me. <laughs> Three letter crossword. Yes. Um, but they try to make her enduring by being this sarcastic, hardline, direct. That's not enduring. That's just sarcastic, hardline, direct, and annoying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't get why people really like like her. Oh, Jenny. Oh, she's just so... Uh, she just, she's brutal. And no, she's... Uh, and also wooden. Very, very wooden. Yep. And uh, just the way she says her lines, you know... Uh, Carry me across the threshold, preppy. Yes. You know, it's just... Yes. Uh, oh, man. It it annoyed me so much. And, me too. And then Ryan O'Neill's overreacting to everything she says. You know, mm-hmm. she'll say something, you know, Well, I haven't met numbers one and two. <laughs> oh, Jenny. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I'm and they were both um, nominated. I don't understand that. I don't either, people. I do. <laughs> Charles, why were they nominated? You speak for everyone. they were amazing. No, they weren't. Let's talk about the Give tech- another reason. Let's talk about the, the technical side of it, the directing. Did you not notice the out of focus? Like in the hockey scenes, it's completely, I mean, not even just like a little bit out of focus. I mean, it is. What what happened? Did somebody spill something on the <laughs> on the film? Kind of out of focus. Yikes! And the the takes. I mean, they had these real long takes, real far away takes of somebody pulling up in their car, and this you know shows them coming all the way down <laughs> the street, and uh, camera panning, but it's real shaky as it's panning around somebody. I mean, it's. Rough. I enjoyed all of those things. <laughs> and this is this is nineteen seventy. It's not like I, you know. I actually really truly do. There's there's long long takes like where they're walking through the campus. I like that. The the out of focus on the hockey. I feel like it's very in your face and visceral at points. I'm serious. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. <laughs> oh. Oh. Even when the dad like he you know he walks with the dad. The dad gets in the car and goes and like you see the dad's car go away. I mean that's that needs to be a long take. He's watching his dad leave from his life and they've just had a fight and it's it's i just it just works for me i'm not kidding (laughs) oh charles i guess we'll just agree to disagree that's okay i still love you you know there's this one scene uh when it's a christmas time (laughs) and i wasn't going to talk about this but let me just talk about this (laughs) there's you know when he's working at a tree farm and they have to show the entire freaking thing of him loading a tree onto a lady's and yes. he has this look like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm having to load this tree oh you poor little sap you have to load a tree and then she doesn't give you a tip and he and there's no there's no dialogue at all I think they just they lost the dialogue you know or they lost the <laughs> they lost the audio to that yeah. so they just they put some weak. piano on top of it we don't need it anyway so that's a side note he gets to the church where uh, she is uh, directing some boys. More singing for you. Mike. More singing, more singing, <laughs> of course. And he sits down. And the expression on his face, and I wish we could have a clip play of it mm-hmm. right now, but the expression on his face, he's tired, and he's like rubbing his eyes, and he's just kind of like, oh my gosh, how long is this going to take? That is exactly how I felt. Yep. I that 
I feel your pain, Ryan O'Neill. I'm having to watch you. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Amen, Micah. Amen. We are of one mind on this. Yes. Charles, you're of a second mind, but that's okay. Stella Dallas. <laughs> Stella Dallas. <laughs> I would watch Stella Dallas a hundred more times before I watch this movie. I would watch the sequel, Stella Does Dallas. I like that one a lot more. Oh, boo. You know, there actually is a sequel to Love Story. It's called Oliver's Story. I saw that when I... Oh, my gosh. I... I can't imagine. I really can't either. I can't. Oh, wow. It's too much can't. to take. Uh, fun fact. Oliver, the character Oliver, is actually based off of Al Gore. Really? Mm-hmm. M- many, of, many of his character oh, well, traits. Oh, because Tommy Lee Jones was the roommate to both, right? Yeah. Um, Eric Siegel, oh. Al Gore, and Tommy Lee Jones all roomed together at Harvard. Interesting. I didn't so know that. And so Oliver's character is based off a lot of character traits that Al Gore had, when I, I guess, when he was romancing Tipper. Huh. So I hope Tipper's not like Jenny, but... Well, she's still around. <laughs> she's, she's got that going for her. <laughs> she does. She's, she's got a leg up. She she doesn't have the mysterious disease that nobody talks about. <laughs> well, aren't they getting a divorce? Uh, I thought they got divorced. Yeah, but I mean, she, what I mean she's still alive. Yeah, she's still on this mortal plane. <laughs> I got that. I, I got your reference there. <laughs> Oh, and also, I, I, how, how she just says, you know, Jenny, you're sick. Okay, I'm sick. I'm going to die. And let's go ice skating. Uh, hey, let's get a taxi. Where do you want to go? The hospital. It's all of a sudden hit me. Yeah, yeah. And they're having a casual conversation before. Yeah. Oh, man. Why? Why is this movie so accepted? I don't know. I do not know why it endures, but... It does. People, good. people love it. I, yeah. This is this is a warning out to everybody. Yes. This is not a good movie. Stay away. Far away. You don't have to warn. It was already it was accepted in its time. It's still considered a great film. You're not gonna you're not terminated. You're not going back and stopping this movie. Would that we could. <laughs> All right, gents. Eric Siegel's mother. <laughs> uh. Well, all right. Who's going next time? What did we decide? I guess I'll go. Oh, you're just gonna not give Kelly your second one. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll figure it out later. Go ahead, Micah. Oh, okay. Well, man, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we do want to take a little bit of time. <laughs> if you want to know about a good character in fiction, other than Jenny and Oliver. <laughs> Uh, check out Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a smooth segue that was. Michael. That was what we call a segue to our mini series here and there, where Charles and I talk about the character of Batman in the graphic novels and then in the movies. Charles, after I just completely <laughs> blasted your thoughts about this story, would you like to say something? Yeah, the long Halloween sucks. <laughs> that, that's your jab back at me that the long Halloween sucks. Oh, love it. Well, it's my picks next time. What are they? That's what I just asked you like five minutes ago. (laughs) The genre that I'm picking is meteor movies. Movies that involve a meteor headed towards Earth. (laughs) Collision course towards Earth. Please tell me Meteor Man is on your list. Uh, No, I'm sorry. It's got meteor in the title. Come on. It does, but... Here's my picks. From 1979, the movie Meteor. 
<laughs> so there you go. Uh, from 1998, the movie Armageddon. Ooh. And from 2013, the movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Huh. Okay. All right. All and right. also, let me go ahead and say, too, that uh, Armageddon and Seeking a Friend can be found on Netflix currently. Nice. Unless it gets removed in between now and then. And um, if you want to find out where to find Meteor, you can hit me up on Twitter. Because I don't want to broadcast exactly where it's going to be. Aha. Uh-huh. Because I might run for office one day and don't want that hanging over my head or whatever. Say <laughs> <laughs> Paul 2030. It's working for Trump, so whatever. <laughs> but seriously, you can hit us up on Twitter at Good Bad Podcast. On our Facebook, it's just awesome. And also check out it's just awesome.com. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Also, I got to point out that Charles is kind of pouting over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not pouting. I just mm-hmm. said have a good one. You totally are. Have a good one. Thanks a lot.